by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the district of champions it's the dc crossover podcast with your hosts mike cerrone and ben simpson Hello and welcome to episode number 96 of the DC Crossover. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. Wild card weekend. We're at the tail end of it. One game left to go. Uh, so it's been a football-packed weekend. It's always great when you get the games on Saturday, Sunday. You get the Monday game going, it, it, especially here in the playoff times. Um, it, it just makes it great because you can just turn on the TV starting at like you know two o'clock, three o'clock, whatever, and just watch football through the rest of the night. We're going to talk about that as well as our usual, you know, Washington Wizards talk. We got some Nats news that we'll get to as well. We're going to hand out some awards to the Washington football team uh, and plenty other stuff going on on this Monday evening. As we are four episodes away from the big one hundred. Uh, Mike and I, for our 100th episode, we're still kind of shopping it around as far as what we're going to do for that episode, but I'm thinking we got to definitely do a draft or something like that. We got to uh, probably eat some food item. I think we got to pick <laughs> out something to give a taste test to. Right, uh, right. It'll be a fun one for episode 100, so look forward to that in about a month, I guess, because since we're at 96 now, we do the show once a week. You know that by now. Follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16, and also go download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K, where you can hear our show live. Uh, well, not live. You can hear the podcast version, and then you can hear us live when we occasionally do post games and things like that, which I would expect us to be doing something as the cap season gets closer to the playoffs and the Wizards hopefully make the playoffs and that sort of stuff. You should hear Mike and I live on the contender uh, and any other DC breaking news. But I welcome in my partner, Mike. Um, so, wild card weekend. I'm guessing you stayed up late to watch that Pittsburgh game last night. I know your lovely lady is from there, so I'm sure she wasn't too happy at the result, but... I mean, who would have thought that Pittsburgh would have even have been in that position to make the playoffs uh, a couple weeks back? Well, that's the funny thing when you're looking at Pittsburgh is that, you know, people really didn't think that they were going to be there. Everyone's, you know, saying, oh, Ben's, he's through and all this kind of stuff. And everyone that started talking about Pittsburgh was saying that, you know, oh, uh, we, we aren't we aren't good. And even Ben said it. Uh, Big Ben, not you. Um, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Ben's not good. He's a terrible podcast host. Yeah, they've all been saying it. Okay, <laughs> and that, and that's that's what everyone's been saying. Especially, like I said, Big Ben was saying, you know, oh, we don't have a shot, blah blah blah, or he said something of that nature. Right. Um, and I was like, man, maybe he's just trying to ease the fan base down because ex everyone's excited because you know the, the the Chargers lost and 
and all of a sudden the Jags ended up winning all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're looking at it and saying that they really, I guess you could say they really got lucky. I, I said it was kind of like destiny or Ben's last, uh, sure. you know, uh, season. He goes to the playoffs. But last night's game was just, uh, it was kind of heartbreaking because you saw like how much hope Pittsburgh had in that game where, you know, it was 7 nothing in the second quarter. And they're like, man, we actually have a shot here. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates opened and Pat Mahomes right. just went off and threw for like do six what touchdowns or whatever. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't wasn't great, but, you know, it was uh, it was fun to watch for the first half. And uh, at least for me, personally, I was trying to uh, get Deontay Johnson to start catching some balls. Uh, <laughs> he did catch right. a touchdown, which helped me. Uh, but in my my fancy playoff, you know, players and stuff like that, I got him as like, okay, I know you're gonna lose the Chiefs, but I need you to get some points for me because you're like right. one of those extra players because no one wanted to get a Steelers player. But I was like, hoping that he got a touchdown, he finally did. So, um, but it was just unfortunate because they have a good team. It's just I think Ben is is on his last leg, and right, uh, right. and they they just they just were completely outmatched yesterday. Couldn't quite go out on the sunset. Uh, but funny thing was the. It, it, uh, just a side, quick side note made me think of just as far as like old quarterbacks is, of course, did you see the um, Fitzpatrick pictures, the shirtless at the Bills game? Ryan Fitzpatrick was at the game in the stands, not like a suite or anything, shirtless. I did not uh, see that. Screaming with the fans. You should find that on Twitter. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, a man of the people in Buffalo. Uh, he was with Buffalo the longest, I think, right? Yeah, and I think that's why he probably was at the game is just because he has that connection there. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was the Buffalo game that he was at, and he was shirtless and yelling with the fans and like having a great time, and it's like, man, that guy is just probably one of the most beloved Guys in the NFL, I would say he's got to be up there just because he's played on so many teams, so so many fan bases like him at this point. Yeah, and he, right. And we barely got to play for us, but it was just uh, it was kind of a <laughs> barely fun thing to see. <laughs> and then I was curious what was on the menu last night for the playoff game. Uh, Sunday is pasta Sunday. So yeah, I do a pasta I, Sunday here. That's right. That's right. So I ended up making uh, fettuccine and. Solid. I had some leftovers um, that I just kind of combined as well, so it was it was kind of more of a lax situation sure. because it was more of a lazy Sunday for the most part because obviously we're watching all the games. Um, the first game, obviously, we'll get into that a little bit later, but blowout, right. uh, and then Eagles suck, and then obviously the Big L and the Big D. Uh, so uh, yeah. that was that was great. <laughs> yeah, friend of the show, Ian, who's been on the show sometimes, uh, especially way back on WGMU. He is a Cowboys fan. His family's uh, he has got a Dallas connection there, so he was not too happy. I was texting with him a little bit, um, but yeah, we'll definitely get into the Cowboys. So we'll save that for a little bit later in the show, uh, right. for sure. And and you know, I, I did have some uh, some my my twenty twenty two goals, Mike. I finally have it set in stone Ooh, here. The goals, the goals here for twenty twenty, the weight loss goals. Because as you and I are the types of guys where. Every year or year and a half, we'll go on a kick where we like get in okay shape. We start losing some weight, and yeah. then like you know, give it like eight ten months, we're right back to where we were. <laughs> and so I've gone through this process multiple times, but my yeah. 2022 process this time, and I'm calling it the 50 50 challenge. The plan oh. is to lose 50 pounds this year and wow. to read f and to read 50 books. Oh, so right now, five <laughs> books in. Uh, and I'm about 7.4 pounds down. So making some progress here. Five through books. A week and a half. I read Jesus. really, really quickly. 
that's kind of my that's part of my job is reading quickly and like <laughs> it's just something I, I do so I've got I'm, I'm making some progress on, on both fronts right now but we'll see we'll see I'll talk to you in a couple months and we'll see where I'm at I'm not gonna update right. people the people on a weekly basis or anything that's annoying nobody likes to hear other people talk about their weight loss but I have I have started making some changes Mike so we'll right. see if it works out the junk well, food's well, been well, cut out for the most part what alcohol kind of been are you cut reading? out what'd you say what kind of novels are you reading? I'm reading a lot of different stuff. It's uh, <laughs> not really novels. I'm more of a nonfiction guy. So, like, I read a book about uh, the rise and fall of the Secret Service. Uh, I read a book about uh, this uh, Silicon Valley startup. Uh, I read The Life and Times of Chester A. Arthur, the president, <laughs> Chester A. Arthur. And then we've got uh, a couple other uh, memoirs. There's one about uh, rape and justice in a college town. Uh, in Missoula, Montana. So, I'm, ah. and then and then one other one about this girl who was uh, the fine town of Missoula. In Missoula, Missoula, <laughs> Montana. There's this girl. This uh, the, the the book I just read is this girl who was uh, raised where like by like one of those people that think like the world is going to be ending like any second now. So like doomsday preppers, yeah, doomsday or preppers. Yeah, she's kept at home, not allowed to go to school, not allowed to talk to boys, like nothing. And she wrote this memoir. It's pretty pretty wild. Um, but, uh, so yeah, and now I'm reading a book about North Korea. So I'm, I'm making my way through the start of the year, losing some weight, reading some books, learn, I'm educating myself, Mike, you know, I'm trying to better (laughs) myself here in 2022. About Montana and North Korea. There you go. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this all works out because as you and I know, just being big guys, talk to us in like September and see where we're at. Because once the Big Macs start coming back in, all that weight comes right back. (laughs) It's, it's, it's not the easiest journey that's for sure and and when you're looking at dieting and all that kind of stuff especially for me we're talking about it off air briefly is that because of the snow and all these holidays and this is a weird time in the calendar where you know like this past weekend for the i should say the past week i didn't like drink pretty much the entire week uh and that's the funny thing is that i was trying to give my body a break and then this weekend i was like all right you know you got football on stuff like that so three-day weekend yeah and then this week we had a four we have a not it's not technically not a four-day weekend it's we got you know stuff to do uh, obviously for for work but you know it's you know we have not no kids in front of us obviously uh but it's it's just it kind of sucks because it's hard to get in a routine it's hard to get into things going but I would say more so right now is like just laying the groundwork for my uh, next journey. Um, sure. <laughs> because obviously you're going to participate 50-50 challenge. I ain't reading those those, uh, maybe, those, those uh, autobiographies. Maybe lose 50 pounds and uh, what would your other 50 be? Uh, try 50 different beers. <laughs> um, no, well, I, I saw what did I, I saw some commercial on Pandora or something that said like you know one thing to do is cut out. Uh, for, to lose weight is to cut out beer, and then the guy like to stop talking. He was like, "Man, but there are some good beers out there." I was there like, are some, "What? Yeah. What? What Pandora ad is this?" <laughs> that would be tough. Maybe you try fifty different fast food items. Uh, you're adding you know. to your. You're, you're I, I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> it wouldn't work I don't. Out. I don't know. I need to. I don't know what the you other think fifty would be. It would just. You I think mean, about it and let me know. You think about it and let me know, and All we'll right. see, and, and we'll see if we can uh, talk about it on the show. We'll see once Mike's come up with. Now you don't have to do the 50-50 challenge. You can do your own. 
challenge. You know, you could do the the twenty five twenty five challenge. Go make twenty five free throws outside or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what you're gonna do. But I, I don't know about the, the no, no book reading over here though. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Hey, you know, you do what you do whatever you want to do, Mike. It's your <laughs> life. <laughs> it's your. I, <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Real quick before we get yeah. into the uh, to the show, because uh, obviously I have to think about that stuff. No worries. Um, uh, the last thing is, so I have to pay, obviously, by, uh, is it by annually? Is that the right term? Or by yearly? That's two times a year, right? By yearly? Or is that two every two years? It just, yeah, just say I pay twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I said it to myself the other day, and I was like, I don't think that's right. Um, anyways, I, I have to pay my auto insurance twice a year through Geico. Right. And Geico has this. Uh, it's like app that it's okay. It's not great. They usually just redirect you to the same exact place. Every link you hit. Um, and then once in a while I'll check the discounts on there and see if I qualify for anything or whatever. So yesterday I was looking at it and, uh, or I should say a couple days ago, I was looking at it and it said, Oh yeah, you qualify for the drive easy or something like that. There you go. And I was like, I I have no idea what that is, but it said <laughs> it, it said, oh yeah, well you got you know fifty three dollars you can save uh, oh, on every single dope. thing. I was like, wow, it's it's pretty good because it's like ten percent. I was like, all right, that's nice. Um, so I click it, and I'm not really thinking too much of it. I was like, I guess it's just telling me to just drive easy or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, be an um, easy driver, Mike. You know. And yeah, and. It said, well, you need to allow tracking on the app. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but all right. So I allowed it. All of a sudden, uh, I'm leaving. I was at my parents' house at the time, and I was leaving uh, to come back here. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, that's when my buddy, you know, off air that I talked to you about, was trying to contact me about his bet slips and all this kind of stuff because right. he's a moron and uh, didn't know anything about betting. <laughs> So I'm I'm trying to get in contact with him. The phone keeps disconnecting. So I'm like, if we keep recalling each other. And I get back to my place. And I literally look at uh, the app because I was like, I, I, I'm going to look more into this drive sure, easy sure. thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I want to see if I just drove easy. Yeah. And it said, oh, you you were handling your phone four or five times. You, oh, uh, no. you had three phone calls. And I was, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, this thing is like watching me. Dang, that's, um, I thought the tracking would just be like, hey, you're not driving 90 miles an hour. Like, you're doing right. okay. That sort of thing. Not like the phone is being moved right now or something yeah. like that. And now I'm like paranoid because if I touch the phone or something like that, like if I try to move it off the seat or something, like, like it's do, just you like, want, hey. do you want that $53 or not? <laughs> that's, that's a little scary, Geico. Because so, I, was, I was like, oh, my God. So, I, so when I looked at it, it had a, uh, a uh, selection, and it said, because I guess it tracks how fast you're going. Like this guy can't run 55 miles an hour, right. uh, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, 50, yeah, 50 yeah, 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 right. And I started laughing because on the thing it said oh, I was the driver, I was the passenger, and there was one other option. I forgot what it was. Maybe it's yeah. maybe it was like I, there, it's not a vehicle or something. I'm like that. kidnapped. I'm in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy's uh, heartbreaking because that's the other thing it does. It's heartbreaking. So if you go from like 55 to like 20. This is a little much, man. I don't like all this. This is, hey, this I, is like weird stuff. It, yeah. So I ended up I ended up selecting. Oh, I was the passenger. Smart move. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it said, move. all right, trip not counted. And I, nice. was, uh, I was like, all right. You just so do that then, every time except for one trip. Just drive like perfectly. Don't touch your phone or something like that. And like right. count it. They're giving me my 50 bucks. Well, that, that's, a, that's the thing. My next like two or three trips, I literally just plugged in my phone yeah. uh, and started listening to I'm music or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I sat it there and I tested it and like one of them said like you you moved your phone I was like okay I, 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 first of all I need to use the GPS in this yeah, si- in situation yeah, yeah. like that's the one thing is weird it's like 
I don't I don't know I don't like the moving your phone or handling your phone or something like that. Well, I don't I don't know. So when it said that, I was like, all right, this thing is really tracking me. So I tested it for a couple rides, and after like you know two or three rides, it started counting. I was like, okay, okay, I don't like how it's going to count every single ride. But then like there were two other ones that were not counted. So I'm like, I was thinking about it to myself. I texted my mom about this. I was like. Maybe they're just trying to like say that we're gonna track random rides or something like that. I think that's what they're gonna do. Right, they, right, they, right. You, they, because if you get to go on there every two seconds, you get in a, a vehicle and say, "I'm a passenger," you yeah. know, or something like, or I'm, I'm on a roller, I'm on a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I that's don't, just I, wild to me that they would tra- like that level of tracking. Like you're yeah. handling your phone and stuff. That's a little. I didn't scary. like that. I didn't that's like a that. Scary, it it, it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because then I was like. Because I was sitting there. You get a message that's like, put down the cheeseburger. And you're just like, what is this? This doesn't even have anything to do with the driving. Why are you saying that? Like, call your mother or whatever. It's like, what? Yeah, I just well, talked to my mom, you know? Well, that's a weird thing, too, is like, if I want to take a phone call, what if it's if it's yeah, Bluetooth? If it's, if, it, if, it's, if it's Bluetooth or something like that, like, oh, they, yeah. have, they, get, they gave me a report card and stuff like that. I only have, like, three rides counted, but it's like... First of all, I'm at like 108 out of like 130 or something like that. I mean, okay, okay. you got to get I, a better grade, man. I assume, I assume if you don't have a good enough grade at the end of a month or something like that, they just take the discount away from away. you and, and not add to your insurance because that would piss me off. That would um, be funny if they, yeah, you're, you get a bad grade, so you're paying more than you initially even wanted to. <laughs> yeah, like, my what premium is going off. on? Oh, it, oh, was, it, was, it was weird though. It was weird though, man. People, Geico's watching. Geico. <laughs> They're watching, watching you. They're watching big, you. Big brother. Put down that cheeseburger. Welcome to The Rewind. This is when we take a quick look at the previous week in D.C. sports, catch you up on some things you may have missed. And actually, I'll turn things over to Mike for the Caps uh, because there was nothing in Washington football team news, really. So Washington Caps, Mike, they had, uh, what, three games this week? Let the people know how they did. They had three games this week. They were on a four-game slide briefly uh, for a little bit there, uh, but they are 21-9-9, and so still a pretty good record. Don't even have 10 regulation losses right now. Third in the Metro Division. Uh, on Monday, they lost to Boston 7-3. That was just a terrible, terrible, terrible game. Cap Seven goals is not something you see often in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sheary scored team. twice. Yeah, and that's the thing. The Caps have done it a few times this, uh, this year. Uh, Sheary scored twice. Caps were up two nothing. Bruins scored six goals in a row. Uh, so that extended the Caps losing streak to four games. Like I said earlier, uh, Vakali was in there. He, he was pulled after allowing four goals on 16 shots. So that game was just a throwaway game. And like I said, four game losing streak for the Caps, which is not what we've seen all year. Um, I'm not really going to attest that to too too much because of the sole fact that COVID's played the issue and some certain injuries stuff like that. So. We'll see how that goes. But then they ended up beating the Isles 2-0 on Saturday. Got off the schneid there for a second after five days of a break. It's kind of weird. Uh, Vanacek made 23 saves. His third career shutout. His first of the year. Tom Wilson and Ovechkin both scored. So they beat the Isles 2-0, got off the schneid, and got rid of that four-game losing streak. And on Sunday, yesterday as we record this on Monday, they lost to Vancouver 4-2. Elias Petterson, I think that's how you say it, yeah. Scores two goals in the first five minutes of the second period. Ovechkin scores his 756th career goal. Samsonov allows three goals on eight shots into the second period. Five losses in our last six games. 
Not good to see. Um, OV right now is the only player on the team to play in all 39 games, and that's what I was just trying to mention as well, is that uh, we've had injuries, we've had uh, COVID, we've had different things. We're just trying to weather the storm right now and try to get back to our winning ways. But anyways, going to a team that has won a few games in a row here and there, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Wiz had a pretty good week. What We talked about it last week. We said, hey, this could be a week this team could win. It could either sweep the week or at least get two wins. They did that. They won two. They're now 22-21, and 21, uh, ninth place still in the Eastern Conference. Tuesday started off beating OKC 122-118. OKC, pretty bad team. You wish you kind of beat them by a little bit more, but, hey, you'll take a win. KCP banked in a tie-breaking three with about 30 seconds left in the game. This was one of the uh, multi multiple games that Bradley Beal was out, so some of these other guys had to step up. Kyle Kuzma has been on a tear, put up 29. Dinwoody had a double-double, 22 points and 10 assists. Then Wednesday, beating the worst team in the league, the Orlando Magic, 112-106. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 19-10-9. Almost got that triple-dub. Uh, Beal was out again in this one, and the return of Thomas Bryant. We saw him come back, play 12 minutes, scored six points, one rebound, one assist. We'll get to him a little bit later in the Wizards talk. And then Saturday, losing to Portland, 115-110. Uh, still no Beal. Wes Unsell Jr. was actually out this game. He's out today as well as they're playing Philly right now uh, due to the COVID tracing and all that sort of stuff. Dinwiddie put up 27, Kuzma 16-12, and 12, but the Wiz did lose that one. Uh, and then last but not least, the Washington Nationals. Just some news on them. Uh, because teams are able to start getting some of these international uh, bonuses and things like that, giving out some money to bring in some international players. The Nats signed the number one uh, recruit as far as these international players, this Cuban outfielder, Christian Vaquero, uh, signed him to a $4.9 million bonus. 17-year-old is nicknamed Mike, same as yours, the Phenomenon. Uh, a switch hitter, 6'3", 190 pounds. He's got power. He's got speed. He's an outfielder. Um, and uh, a lot of big things expected from this kid, but Nats fans don't get too excited. We're not going to be seeing this guy for probably four or five years. Uh, being a 17-year-old, it's pretty rare, unless your name is Bryce Harper, um, to be able to make a rise that quickly. But, hey, could be cool. Go watch, uh, you know, to follow double A or single A, wherever he's going to end up. And uh, the last note on that is five of the Nats' top 20 prospects are players they've signed out of Latin America. So he joins that crew. Uh, always nice when you get a guy, Mike, called the Phenomenon. I mean, <laughs> he's he's got power and speed, outfielder. Maybe he could be a better Victor Robles. We'll see, you know. And he's a switch hitter. I love that part. They also have the uh, – I think they have the rights to Juan Soto's brother. They did. They, yeah, they who, swiped who, him from the Mets. Right. And <clears throat> I think they said that he is obviously not as good as Juan Soto because Juan Soto is one of the MVPs. Right, right. Uh, but you're looking at uh, his brother, and they're saying that he has a lot of skill – and that would be a big incentive to keeping Juan Soto here if we can try to sign him. And just a real quick update, 78-66, right. Wiz on top of the Sixers midway through the third. Yeah, I was watching the first half of that game. Um, and before we move on to the Washington football team stuff here, yeah, uh, no, this was Beal's return today. He looked good uh, so far, at least through the half that I got to see. Um, hanging with the Sixers, man. I mean, they're, a win today would be huge. You can beat a good Sixers team with Embiid, uh, who was feasting a little bit earlier in this game. This one's going to be close throughout, so we'll see. Uh, the Sixers heading into the game were favored by a, just a point and a half um, once the news about Beal uh, being in. It was a larger line. I think it was like three or four and a half initially, and then once the news was that Beal was going to play, 
Vegas adjusted a little bit there because Bradley Beal definitely makes that sort of impact when he's on the court. Uh, moving on from the rewind, let's get into the Washington football team. A little football talk here. Obviously, the offseason for the Washington football team has begun. and Soon to uh, be a different name, by the way. We soon have to, to be in just... We have to record something else. <laughs> under a month. Oh, yeah, that's true. We're going to have to redo the uh, little thing there. Um, oh, by the way, the Red Wings just beat the Sabres in overtime. Thank God. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, thank God. <laughs> so the Washington football team, for now, just for the next, like, three weeks, uh, offseason has, has hit us. We'll, we'll definitely get into draft stuff as the months roll on but we wanted to look back we teased this last week we wanted to look back briefly at this past season and hand out some awards mike so far i've got three categories uh i've got top offensive contributor top defensive contributor and team mvp uh that we can kind of debate and talk about and see who we want to put in that in these roles uh we'll start with top offensive contributor and i wrote down some candidates here uh, there's some obvious ones. Uh, I think right off the bat, Antonio Gibson, uh, Terry McLaurin, and we have to put him in. Taylor Heineke, he's he's one of the top offensive contributors on the team. And then I threw in Jared Patterson just because once you go past and uh, Gibson, McLaurin, and uh, and Heineke, there's really a big drop off. <laughs> so I just had to find a find a guy that it was like, all right, I think this guy's contributed somewhat. Um, so let's let's throw him in the mix. But honestly, in my opinion, I feel like it's a Probably a two-guy race between Gibson and McLaurin, but we did have McLaurin obviously a struggle at times, not because of his own fault, but because this team couldn't get it to him. Uh, where, what's your initial read when we're talking about this category? So I, I want to quickly give a shout-out to J.D. McKissick because J.D. Sure. McKissick was on fire for the first 11 games. He had 11 games played to the, uh, this year, and once they started finding their role after the first couple games, I mean, literally, 11 games played, 400 yards for a third down back. I mean, that's something to say because overall, I mean, he's, he averaged almost 10 yards a reception. He had two touchdowns. I mean, I just think that J.D. McKissick is a huge deal, and I think they really – and I believe his, his contract is coming up, so I think they really need to re-sign him because he's a great compliment to Antonio Gibson because Antonio Gibson, like everyone keeps saying, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's that guy that was a wide receiver in college and this and that, all, all this kind of stuff. Oh, he can catch the ball. Well, Antonio Gibson isn't leaned on to catch the ball all the time. And that's the thing is right. we haven't had him try to catch the ball a ton over the first couple of years uh, that he's been here and stuff like that. So I just think that J.D. McKissick should get a nod. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be winning this quote-unquote award, but I think he should still get a nod because of the sole fact that he did have almost 400 yards. You know, he had 11 game, 11 games played. Unfortunately, he couldn't finish the season. Uh, so with a concussion, I believe. So that's unfortunate. But going along with the top offensive. By the way, JD McKissick, he is an unrestricted free agent now. Uh, his right. contract. He signed a two-year deal back in uh, 2020. So yeah, he's he's starting in 2022 at age 29. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. Right, and that's the thing is I think that they should easily re-sign him for the sure. sole fact that, I mean, I even heard beat reporters saying that he's probably one of the top two or three pass-catching backs in the entire league. So, uh, you know, you go back to certain players that Tom Brady had in New England, and he made them, uh, you know, the, the list goes on for the running backs that he had come through New England, and that's the thing is, you know, you see like a Danny Woodhead and stuff like that. Those type of guys are great pass catchers, and J.D. McKissick should be in that category. But we'll get to that a little bit later when we talk about who should we re-sign and all that kind of stuff in weeks to come. So my, my top offensive contributor 
uh, and no matter how much I love Scary Terry, Antonio Gibson has to yep. get this award. I mean, he has his first thousand yard uh, thousand yard season, I should say. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. He ran for a thousand yards. Okay. The biggest thing, though, is that everyone kept saying, like, oh, you know, this guy doesn't catch the ball a lot and everything like that. When J.D. McKissick went down, Antonio Antonio Gibson was targeted a ton. He was targeted yeah, a lot times. more. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at J.D. McKissick and taking most of those targets throughout the first 11 games, those last, you know, seven games or however many games they play now, six, six games or whatever – uh, he was targeted a ton more. And that's the thing is you're looking at Antonio Gibson's stats. He had about 300 yards, average seven uh, per catch. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Yes, the fumbles are an issue, um, but those can be eliminated pretty quickly if you just work at it and do different hand placements and stuff like that in different situations. The coaches will get on him for that. But that's the thing. He had 42 catches. 42 catches is pretty damn good for a yeah. running back. Uh, and he was durable this year. I mean, he played 16 games, which he hasn't uh, over the last couple of years. But he had a total of almost, uh, what is it, almost 1,400 yards uh, of all-purpose all yards. So I just think that when you're looking at Antonio Gibson, he was just all over the field, especially being the catalyst of that four-game win streak, uh, you know, when we had the time of possession wars and everything like that with all the other teams. And I just think that, Antonio Gibson deserves to get this award. Now, will I say, you know, that somebody else deserves a little bit of nods? Like I said with J.D. McKissick, obviously, like you mentioned, Scary Terry, before I get to you, uh, your, your point here, Scary Terry is just, he's just so difficult to guard. But at the same time, when guys are putting, when teams are putting three or four guys in his area, it's kind of hard to go out there and catch the ball. You see Deontay Johnson uh, for the Steelers go out there. And yes, he is one of the top pass catchers on that team, but he has a lot of guys that are guarding him. Yes, he does have a lot of drops, but it's hard to, going back to Scary Terry, you're seeing you know, Deontay Johnson, I'm using that as an example because they, they're, they're kind of the same build, I would say. Sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure if that's right or not, but I, I'm pretty sure they are just, just by eyeballs. But Scary Terry has 130 targets and only 77 catches. So you're looking at that. They, they were throwing the ball up to him every single time, it felt like. I think one game he had like 18 targets or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you're just looking at it and saying, yes, he had 1,000 yards, and yes, he had five touchdowns. But the problem is, is that stuff like that is overlooked because of the sole fact that Everyone kept saying, well, Terry McLaurin's not showing up today or something like that because they kept throwing him the ball and he wasn't catching it. So that's why I think that it's tough. Um, and going back to the Deontay Johnson reference, you know, he gets a ton of targets too. Yes, he does drop the ball a lot more. But at the same time, he's like almost the same type of player. He's not as dynamic as Terry McLaurin is, but I'm just using that as a, as a reference because they're, they're both kind of similar players. Um, but it's just, it's just tough because Terry McLaurin – you know, he has all the skill in the world, but the problem is is that they're triple-teaming him almost every single game because we have no other weapon. Right. I think for me, the big thing is the value. The value you get from Antonio Gibson. I mean, third-round pick, um, only 23 years old. I mean, you ask a casual football fan, uh, you know, who, in, uh, who Antonio Gibson plays for, I think heading into this season, probably most casual football fans have no idea, unless you're somebody who follows the NFC East or something like that. And his his ability to kind of increase his numbers all around from last year. Last year he played in 14 games. This year he plays in 16. Last year, 795 yards. At 11. He did have more touchdowns, but this year the yards were there. He had a lot more carries. He was a lot more of a workhorse. The only knock you have on him is what you've mentioned, which was the six fumbles. That is something that is a problem. It's something that 
uh, Washington football team fans are always going to bring up and mention when it comes to Antonio Gibson is if he can just cut down those fumbles, suddenly he becomes a, a pretty legit weapon on offense. He's not the flashiest guy in the world, but he's a he's a guy who can catch the ball, he can rush the ball, he can do a lot of different things for you, and the value you're getting for his contract versus, heck, what we just saw last night with Zeke uh, for, for Dallas. Right, I mean, right. you look at a guy like Antonio Gibson – he can produce more than some of these guys that are getting paid, you know, three times his contract. So I, I definitely say Antonio Gibson has got to be there for a top offensive contributor and probably up there for possible team MVP, um, just because of what he brings to the table. Heineke, you know, we, we've we've talked about him every single week. Uh, a guy that, while the numbers were decent, were okay this year. There's still a lot of mistakes made. A lot of bad throws. A guy that still doesn't really deserve to be a starting NFL quarterback, so we're not going to put him in there. So uh, we're in agreement. Antonio Gibson's got to be a top offensive contributor. Moving to the defense. Now, the defense gets a little interesting. Um, so I put three guys here. Um, feel free to add in anybody else you want. But the three guys I have right now are Cole Holcomb, based around his tackle numbers and his ability to just be there every game and contribute. Jonathan Allen, who had a Pretty darn good season, especially he was the sacks leader, and uh, especially with guys Bowl. like Chase Young going out. Yeah, and, and Chase Young going down, and Montez Sweat going down. John Allen was really a big part of you know having to step up and, and be part of this defense. And I put Bobby McCain in there because hey, the guy did have some uh, a bunch of picks this year. He was a team leader in interceptions um, and and put together a, a, a decent year. So. Those were some of my candidates on the defensive side. Yeah, Bobby McCain, four picks on the year. Um, and then I believe John Allen, nine sacks. So, yeah, uh, definitely. And then as far as Cole Holcomb goes, uh, 142 combined uh, and 83 solo. So he led the team in both categories uh, by, I mean, heck, he led in solo tackles by 20 tackles over Kendall Fuller. So, uh, Cole Holcomb's definitely got to be up in the mix. So it kind of depends on what you look at here. Wait, wait, which, 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 which are you looking at again? I was looking at, uh, on the defense, I was looking at solo tackles and uh, combined solo plus. Oh, you're saying tackles. that he has he has 20 more uh, solos. Okay. Yeah, okay. 20 more solos. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Yeah, Holcomb, 83, Fuller, 64 for solo tackles. So. For best defensive contributor, kind of depends on what you look at here. You look at McCain and his ability to uh, get picks. You look at Allen and his ability to kind of hold the line when those other guys went down and get to the quarterback and make some sacks. And you got Cole Holcomb, who was just kind of a consistent force on this defense and played in all 16 games, uh, which is always kind of rare. Um, uh, so, or even sorry, there's 17 games he played in 16. <laughs> yeah. I was about to That's say, what I was saying earlier. <laughs> uh, but B- Bobby McCain played in all 17. So where where well, a lot of these guys had the COVID situation too. Right, so that's why true, true. So it just depends on kind of what you like here, Mike. If you like the guys in the trenches or you like the guys on the outside, I mean, uh, where would you initially lean? I mean, you know my you know my love for Jonathan Allen, yeah. and I think that what he brings to the table, not just on the football field, but off it as well with, you know, being a role model, being the captain. He's up there like for that. the uh, Walter Payton finalist, I believe. Right. Uh, yes. And, and that's the thing is, you know, just despite the weird little, you know, thing that happened with him and Deron Payne. I mean, sure. we all know that, you know, especially we don't know exactly what was said, but that's why I didn't hear anything come from Deron Payne's camp. I guess you could say 
Uh, all I heard was them ask Jonathan Allen because he's the captain and Ron Rivera, and they said, oh, yeah, it's handled. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and the guys were laughing the next game on the bench together and stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's an, it was a non-issue. Yeah. So I, I just think that when you're looking at, you know, little verbal nods to these guys, I think Landon Collins, after he switched positions, right. was a huge true. deal. That's true. He, he did not play in four uh, games this year, and he still had 81 total tackles, uh, which is a huge deal, with three sacks, and, and he also had two picks. Um, so I think that was a huge deal because once they moved him from safety uh, to a linebacker, um, I believe that that was a big contributing factor for their four-game win streak in the middle of the season. Um, but that's a verbal nod to him. I hope that uh, they actually keep him at that position. They don't right. screw around and say, "Oh, all right, we'll we'll move you back to safety there, Landon." You know, like no, we're not we're not doing God, that they stuff. Better like, figure it out. Yeah, uh, Cam Curl, he, I mean, one of the best seventh-round picks you could ever get. I mean, 99 total tackles. Uh, he had one sack, five pass defenses. So he did a very uh, good job in the back end as well. If we can get somebody to compliment him in the back end, that would be nice, maybe in the draft or something. Uh, we'll see. Kendall Fuller as well. I mean, Kendall Fuller was actually uh, in the top, I think he was in the top eight or nine with pass defenses this year uh, with 16. So that's really good. You would hope to see a little more interception numbers because he was targeted a few times uh, because he always was on the number one guy for the most part, uh, him and William Jackson. Uh, but William Jackson did miss five games. So that was kind of detrimental. But uh, then the last verbal nod that I will get is Matt Ioannidis. Matt Ioannidis isn't a starter. And that's the thing is he's so valuable. And, you know, we've heard people say like, oh, well, we're going to have to get rid of one of these, you know, defensive linemen, stuff like that. Defensive line was always supposed to be one of these, you know, big, you know, contributing factors to this defense and ha having one of the best defensive lines in all football with, you know, Montez, <laughs> Chase, yep, Deron yep. Payne, my Ioannidis, Tim Settle, John Allen. I mean, Some I depth. Name. Yeah, you got depth there, but the problem is when you have to start paying guys, that depth starts to dwindle down a little bit more. But I just think that Matt Ioannidis, uh, you know, he needs to be on this team because, I mean, yes, he only had two and a half sacks, but he had 38 uh, total tackles. He was a ball hog uh, going around trying to trying to t tackle everyone, and that's the thing. He was basically not out there half the time. So it's like, you know, he did get 16 games, so he was durable enough, but the problem was is that Deron Payne and John Allen both played 17 games, so he didn't get as many snaps as you would like to see. But uh, And also, real quick, uh, Jamin Davis, he – he was getting so much crap throughout the entire year that yeah. it was like, I mean, problem was like he kept saying, like people kept saying like, you know, he can't cover, he can't do this, he's missing tackles. He, yes, he did that. He's a rookie. He's still yeah. raw. And he and he came you know? on late and he he was played pretty well. If you if you look at the last you know three four weeks of the season, I feel like. Right, right. And that's just, I just think that he should get a little bit more credit. Uh, and you know, I think that this is going to be a nice big off season for him trying to develop into that big role as a linebacker and we'll see if we get John Bostic back or not but going back to the, the award itself Cole Holcomb has to win it for me I love John Allen but just looking at Cole Holcomb and what he's become I believe we drafted him in the fourth or the fifth round I forgot exactly which round it was out of UNC no one was really thinking about him everyone said oh he's a really good tackler and all that kind of stuff um, but the problem is, is that no one really thinks of him as like a Pro Bowl type caliber player. He's just one of those tough, nitty gritty type of guys that everyone overlooked in the draft. Now, can you say that he's one of the top linebackers in all of football? Probably not. But when you have a linebacker that can go out there and get you almost 150 total tackles, you know, that's all around the ball. Now, I made the, the reference to Reed Dowdy, um, what was that, a week ago or two weeks ago or something like that. 
that Reed Dowdy had a lot of tackles too, and he sucked. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, back like what five, six years ago, or whatever it was. Maybe maybe ten years ago. I forgot exactly how long it was. But Cole Holcomb, these tackles aren't for you know being targeted every single time. The guy was around the line with his mullet left and right <laughs> and just going around and, and and flying to the ball wherever the ball was at, getting his nose dirty, all that kind of stuff. Had seven seven pass defenses, two picks, two forced fumbles. I mean, he led the team in forced fumbles this year. So I just think that he should get a lot of credit because his stat line just goes all the way across. You know, you see some of those guys. And, you know, granted, it's, it's harder to get some of these stats when you're a defensive lineman, uh, but – his stats just are trickling in throughout every single category when you look at it. He's almost checked off every single category, and that's the thing is I just think he doesn't have the recognition that people think because like, no one's going to say, like, oh, I'm going to go get a Cole Holcomb jersey. Like, no, no right, one thinks right. that. This is a guy that's overlooked. It's the same thing as Cam Curl. Everyone knows Cam Curl because he makes one, of those, one or two of those really good plays during the game that either saves the drive or does something like that or whatever it may be. But that's the thing about Cole Holcomb is he's one of those nitty-gritty type players that goes out there, works hard, and, and, and produces for your team and is a very good piece for our uh, front seven. So I'm going to go with Cole Holcomb with this one. Yeah, Holcomb, fifth-round draft pick. And, yeah, when you yeah, look yeah. at the uh, – as far as the NFL defensive numbers, especially in the, in the category when you're talking about combined solo, versus, uh, combined solo plus assisted tackles, you know, where he's 10th in the league. So we're talking right, about right. him in the conversation with guys like Bobby Wagner, guys like C.J. Mosley, uh, Roquan Smith. I mean, you've got some big names. Heck, he's above guys like T.J. Edwards and Minka Fitzpatrick and things like that. So he quietly, like like you said, you're not going to see hear a lot of noise about Cole Holcomb around the league. A lot, Not a lot of football fans are going to be talking all over uh, about Cole Holcomb, but steadily had one of the best defensive years uh, for this team and, and in the league in general. So, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm in lockstep with you there, too. I, I, it would be hard to make an argument over putting any of these guys above Cole Holcomb just with what he was able to do all, all year long. For a team that defensively had their ups and downs, Cole Holcomb seemed to always be in the mix uh, every single week and making it happen. So shout-out to him. Cole Holcomb, our top defensive contributor. Antonio Gibson, our top offensive contributor. And we'll each give an MVP. Um Real quick, so my MVP. I mean, I was just—I'm just going to say Antonio Gibson for myself. I mean, uh, that's my opinion. I—I I think the guy we found out, of course, playing with like a broken bone in his leg all year long, <laughs> going out there every single game, only missed one game on the year. Uh, not a flashy guy. Again, he gives you those short yardages sometimes. Sometimes he breaks out for something more. But besides that, just a steady contributor and a big part of this offense this year. I'm going MVP Antonio Gibson. I'm going to lean towards Cole Holcomb. I kind of convinced myself in that situation. I always thought I would say Jonathan Allen in this uh, in this category, but I just think Cole Holcomb. You know, when you're looking at a piece that you can find, like everyone always says, those hidden gems in the draft. You got to go find those guys that fit your system well and that excel in your system. And I just think that Cole Holcomb. You know, like you just mentioned, he was in the category with total tackles with literally all these premier middle linebackers. Yeah. So, yes, maybe he isn't that guy that's going to be a, you know, pro bowl. And that's the funny thing is that you're looking at his stats this year. Maybe if you combine them or not combine them, uh, compare them to a Bobby Wagner or somebody else who made the pro bowl, they're pretty su suffice when you come and you and you look at them side by side. You could put them side by side and say, "Who is this? Is it Cole Holcomb or C.J. Mosley?" <laughs> right. You know? right. Um, and not to mention, C.J. Mosley also had a lot more <laughs> opportunities because the Jets suck. Um, 
But I just think that Cole Holcomb has this opportunity to go out there and become one of these premier middle linebackers because uh, he's still young. We got him, you know, less than five years ago. So I just think uh, for Cole Holcomb, this is a great season for him, and it's going to be a great season for the front office because now they realize what Cole Holcomb has and what he can produce and also with his durability. So I think that when they go out there and they're like, okay, we need to find a little, some, some middle linebacker help, they got Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb to like kind of hold that down as of right now. Maybe if you have Landon Collins you know, work in the mix there, and then also if you sign John Bostic, who's a nice veteran as well, maybe you can try to figure something out. But I think that kind of just proved this year that Cole Holcomb, what he means to this defense. Cole Holcomb, Mike's MVP. The Hulkster. My MVP, Antonio <laughs> Gibson. We'll move on. Uh, we'll skip over the Caps today. Just not a lot of big storylines there. But I did want to talk a little hoops. The Washington Wizard. I wanted to throw out something to you. Um, uh, throw it. A fireball. I was reading uh, up on the Wizards a bit, on the Athletic and things like that, and one of the things that were being discussed was the fact that this team may now have too many bigs. With Thomas Bryant coming back, with Rui coming back, now you've got Harrell, Gafford, Bryant, you got Rui who plays big. You've got Denny who plays typically a forward type position. You've got uh, a lot of guys here and maybe not as much time for all these guys to play. And so the conversation naturally goes to trades. And the couple guys they had thrown out as, as guys that might be tradable um, were uh, Denny Advia and Rui Hachimura. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that because – I guess on my end, um, so their logic was when it comes to Harrell, he's kind of the beating heart of this team. You, you know, you just brought him in as a vet, and he kind of gives you that veteran presence. It would be kind of weird. He's a fan favorite now. It would be kind of weird to trade him away. Uh, Thomas Bryant's just getting back from injury, so, like, you're still waiting to see really what you can get from him. He's having a great game in Philly today, by the way. Um, so he's a high-energy guy. Um, a, re a guy that can actually rebound, so you don't have to trade him. Obviously, you're not trading Daniel Gafford's contract, um, so that leaves guys like Avdia and Rui. Rui, of course. Uh, the interesting thing with both these guys is they're still very young. Uh, they're still kind of, uh, all right, what is their ceiling? What is their potential? So it, it would be kind of tough to lose either one, um, but would these be the guys on your radar as far as like, all right, if we have to trade a big, it might be one of those two? Is that kind of the same thing you're thinking? I just don't see where that would benefit us because if you're trying to trade, okay, you could possibly get maybe lotteries consideration or whatever it may be. But Denny Advia has proved that he's one of the best defenders on this team in those, you know, down the road situations where, you know, it comes down to a five point ball game and whoever the Sixers or whoever we're playing at the time has the ball. Do you want Denny to be covering that number one guy? Do you want Denny to be on whoever is dribbling the ball down, Dame Lillard or whoever? Like, yes, I want him to be guarding that guy. I don't want Brad Beal to be guarding that guy. I don't want Kyle Kuzma to be to be trying to you know, you know get on top of him and stuff like that. So I just think that he has a very, very unique uh, circumstance for this team because everyone saw him and stuff in the draft and he was like handling the ball out in you know, Slovenia or wherever he's from 
uh, you know, wherever he was playing before. Uh, and well, he's uh, playing his, his Israeli basketball league. Yeah. Israeli, okay. <laughs> I wasn't right, but <laughs> yeah, uh, anyways, it's, it was it's somewhere. Um, but uh, you know, that's the biggest thing about him is that he's transformed his game, and he's not that ball handler anymore that we saw from the draft. He's more of a you know, I'm going to go out there and play really hard defense. Yeah, and defensive I, specialist guy. Yeah. Exactly. When I get my opportunity, I will go out there and try to score, you know, 10 points or something, something like that. Excuse me. Uh, so I just think that when you're looking at Rui, I think Denny is off the table, I think, to be honest with you. Just, we're just going to say that for me. Rui is a different story. Rui has the offensive capabilities. Rui has been improving his game, especially in the Olympics and stuff like that, as we saw. I just don't know why we would try to trade a guy like that because when you're looking at the center position, the depth right now, you got Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant, and you could say Trez is in there as a center as well, or you could put him as a power forward. Um, but the difference is, I think, honestly, and I don't think it's going to be a, it's available to us to trade Thomas Bryant. I just don't. I don't need Thomas Bryant anymore. I'm I'm going to say it right now. I just okay. don't need him okay. anymore. Because I I don't. I mean, he might be having a good game right now. I don't know what his stat line is right now. You could probably look that up really really fast uh, uh, for for me. But Daniel Gafford is literally that guy that you know when we got him, we all we, we keep saying we keep reverting back to we gave him crap for the first three games or whatever. But he goes out there and he's a rim protector which I am like in love with rim protectors because we never have them. And that's the problem is like Montrez and Daniel Gafford go out there and get tons of rebounds. I mean, you look at his first 12 minutes, Dan, uh, Thomas Bryant coming back, he had one rebound and six points. I need a guy that's going to go grab me rebounds, okay? Because when you get rebounds, you get second chance opportunities. You you stop the other team from getting second chance opportunities. Rebounds are a huge deal in this league. Look at freaking, what's his name? Uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert gets like 27 rebounds a game, and no one really thinks about him on the Jazz. Right, right, right. Like he gets a million rebounds, and that's why the Jazz have been, uh, you know, producing a lot. Not saying he's the best player on their team, but you know, he goes out there and averages pretty much a double double easily. So I just think that I want guys that are gonna be rim protectors that are gonna protect the paint and all that kind of things. And I just don't think Thomas Bryant is that type of guy because, but I don't think that we can trade him though. I, I just don't think that someone's going to trade Thomas Bryant right now, especially him being like 23 years old or something like that. But to me, it's like, I I threw out the message uh, to you guys um, not too long ago where I said, you know, you know Nikola Jokic is literally going to be a free agent in less than two years. And he is in love with West Unsell Jr. as a coach and stuff like that. So if we somehow got him and paired him up with Daniel Gafford, that would be a amazing one-two punch. Now, you threw out the the thing like, can we afford a, a player like him with Bradley Beal? Who knows? But at the same time, I just don't want to have this mosh pit of bigs, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have you, you want to bring in a guy, but you can't because these guys aren't, you know, Montrez. No matter how much his stats are going to be, you know, focused on because he's actually a very good six guy that goes out there and plays really hard, and like you said, the heartbeat of this team, you just can't have a, a plethora of, of of average to above average NBA players at the center position. So I just think that Thomas Bryant, I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, health and all that kind of stuff, I think he should be uh, be, be cut uh, the ties to him, but I don't know. Man. Sure. I just, I, I just don't think they're going to do it. I, I, think it's, I think it's a fair point because I think with Thomas Bryant, 
it's always been like, all right, he's good, but is he good enough to be able to be like a starting center or, or you know, a good piece of this team? And that's still a big question. Today, 15-5, and five, uh, pretty good game from him. Gafford, unfortunately, Embiid got him in foul trouble early. So Gafford's only played eight minutes today. So he was only able to get five points, no rebounds so far um, for Gafford because it's mainly been uh, Harrell and Bryant playing. And, and Rui, 11-5 and five today. So decent game from him. Uh, Harrell, 11-4. and four. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think everybody can be in agreement that there might be too many bigs on this team, yeah. and and the mm-hmm. argument would be as far as other potential pieces is um, trying to find a guy that can give you defense and offense. Like uh, if you look at this team right now, they've got they don't have many two way guys. Uh, they've got guys sure. that are good sure. on offense. Um, you know, for example, the guys that are good on offense, you got Bradley Beal, of course, you got Dinwiddie, Harold, Bertans, Kispert. These are all offensive guys. These are guys that are going to score. But defensively, you really only have Gafford and Avdia. A little bit of Harold, but if you look, dive into the numbers a little bit, Harold's not as great as some of these other guys. Um, but you, you've got guys that are great on offense, guys that are a couple guys that are good on defense, and then you got two way guys where you really only have two of them KCP and Kyle Kuzma. If you can find a guy that can give you both, like, for example, a Harrison Barnes or a Jeremy Grant, whose names have been floated out there as possible trade targets, that helps things out a little bit because you do get that defensive side. Because one of the knocks against this team is, uh, it's funny, Ian Holleran is calling me right now. Um, One of the knocks against this team is their streak towards the beginning, their win streak, was based primarily in improved defensive numbers, where they were a top 10 defensive team uh, and they were winning games and their offense wasn't that bad, uh, wasn't that good, but the, the defensive focus was there and that was able to make up for it. Since they started skidding, they are now 26th in defensive rating. Uh, 19th in opponent's uh, efficiency field goal percentage, things like that. 17th in opponent's second chance points. So their defense has really dropped off, and that's why we've seen them become more of a 500-type team. Uh, They haven't been able to devote as much energy. So my point would just be, if you could go get another Kyle Kuzma type, a guy that's going to give you it defensively and offensively, and you're just having to give up a Thomas Bryant, or, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, I, Denny, I I would struggle to give up with just because he is so young. This is uh, that it would be like, man, giving up Denny this early would be tough. But I do think possibly giving up Rui, it's possibly there if you got enough of a package back. Maybe a, I mean, if you got a pick and Jeremy Grant or something like that, like you have to take that deal. Um, right. So, right. Right. A lot of questions. Tommy Shepard's going to have some pressure on him because I think this team doesn't have enough this year to make the leap. I think they're going to need to make some sort of move, and we we already see where the crowded area is, and that's down low. That's the bigs. Um, so, you know, just something to think about moving forward here as we get further on in the season. But right now, the Wiz, as far as their, their game right now, uh, what was the latest Up 16. Score? Up 16 okay. with five so minutes to go. Things are looking really good to be able to get a nice home win on MLK Day against the Sixers, who coming into the game were definitely favored, uh, or I already said, a, by a point and a half. So, but, uh, but, but look, look, at, look, yeah. look at it this way real quick, though. When you, when you just said, because you kind of just sparked something for me, when you said, you know, they're not, you know, going to take that next step this year, I agree with that. I think this year is more of a, Get these guys experience, especially the younger guys. Get them experience. Get Wes Unsell Jr.'s feet wet in the playoffs. Sure. 
But I think they should be planning. I think that's what Tommy Shepard's been doing, uh, getting rid of some contracts with Russ and Wall and all that kind of stuff over the last couple of years. I think that they should be getting and prepared to make a huge splash with free agency, not trades, with free agency in the next two years. Sure. Because with their cap space, that's what they need to do. Because in this league right now, the teams that are excelling are the teams that have those superstars. Now, look at Boston, for instance. Boston, they have you know they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but they practically almost play the exact same position, and they play this really similar game. So that's not really a two-superstar kind of thing. Well, I wouldn't say Jalen Brown's a superstar, um, but Jason Tatum, I would say, is one. So I just think that look at Chicago. Look at what Chicago's done. Chicago is kind of built around Zach Levine and has some guys with, with Lucevic and different things like that where they are you know, an excelling team as well. They're going to make a nice run in the playoffs as well. But I just think that you need that secondary piece. We've talked about it multiple times. I think over the next two years, that's what Tommy Shepard is kind of you know, you know, locking in the chamber here and getting ready to, you know, you know, fire a a dart at one of these big free agent names in the next two years that are going to be available. As far as again, a quick reminder on some of these contracts, guys that are besides, of course, Bradley Beal having a player option after this season that he will likely take. Um, you've got Harrell will be gone, um, and Thomas Bryant will be gone. Uh, Raul Neto will be gone, and then we've got some guys that are restricted free agents. So. The center position will get freed up a bit. The question will be, do you resign a guy like Thomas Bryant or not? That's going to be uh, something to think about. But, I mean, not a, I mean, the problem is, is who will take Thomas Bryant? That's the big issue right now. Like, if the Wizards were to trade him, because you want to get value from a guy before he leaves your team, if you can get something yep, from yep. him, it's going to just kind of depend on how he plays for the next, you know, month and or so and seeing how he looks uh, by the time All-Star uh, weekend hit so we'll keep an eye on it uh moving on back half of the show here quick nfl roundup just want to talk a little bit about uh some of these wild card weekend games uh the Bengals beat the raiders 26 19 uh, a late Bengals interception seals their first playoff win since 1991 really fun team to root for for sure a uh, lot of young studs um, so old, shout out to the Bengals getting that big win the bills destroyed the pats 47 17 Josh Allen, five touchdowns, 308 yards. I, I kind of thought the Bills would likely win. I mean, I, I thought Patriots might keep it close just because of who their head coach is, but I did not expect this much of a beatdown, Mike. 47-17, this thing wasn't even close. Well, that's the funny thing, too, is that I was out, uh, and I was at a buddy's place uh, watching the Bengals-Raiders game, and then when I was leaving, I didn't get a chance because obviously the drive drive easy stuff, I, I right, can't look at my right, phone. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, when I got back, it, the score was like 27 to nothing. I was like, whew. And I looked at I hurried my phone when I got back and I said, Josh Allen, man, because yeah. he's on my fantasy team. So off. I was like, man, this is, this is money. So uh, that's good. That's I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of revenge. I, I even said it to you uh, and our buddy Dan as well that I was like, this is like a big middle finger to Bill Belichick from the Bills fans and, sure. and the team and organization as a whole because of the whole fact that they've gotten destroyed for so many years with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and stuff yep. like that. Let's go out there the year after, or I guess I could say the year they have a quarterback now, um, and uh, pretty much go out there and just just slam Bill Belichick into the ground. And they did. 47-17 is a huge score. Huge. Uh, a lot of blowouts this this weekend. This is another one. Uh, 31-15, Bucks taking down the Eagles. Uh, it was closer at the end than it was most of the game. The Bucks were up 17-0 at half. Jalen Hurts, uh, two picks on the day. And the Eagles falter in the playoffs. 
Um, you, you, you'd been saying it, um, and a lot of folks had been saying it, that the Eagles were kind of a pretender sort of playoff team, and they really showed it, especially you're playing against Tom Brady, one of the, the defending Super Bowl champs. So the Eagles lose that one. No real surprise there, it seems like. Yeah, the Eagles, like, like you said, I, I've said it for weeks now, that the Eagles are just they're just a team that's average. I mean, they have Devontae Smith, the former Heisman winner, and they got some other good pieces like Dallas Goddard and so on and so forth. Is Hurts going to be that guy? We don't know. We talked to Matt Lupe, uh, uh preseason, and he said, well, we're still trying to figure that out ourselves and stuff like that. So it's like I just don't understand this Eagles team because they have a lot of work to do because – the Fletcher well, Cox they the draft picks to do it. They yeah, exactly. Four first rounders. So uh, they got they got well them and the Giants both have they pretty much own the first round. So right. they'll have to hit on them though. That's the problem is they got Jalen Rager and they got him over Jamar Chase I believe. Uh, was it Jamar Chase? I'm trying to think of. I think it was Jamar Chase. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Uh, so they got Jalen Rager over him, and Jalen Rager hasn't done anything. Right. So you're looking at that and saying you got to hit on those first round picks, and that's why you know they said that's why John Dorsey was out at Cleveland because he didn't hit on his multitude of first round picks, even though he kind of did. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you're looking at it and saying that the Eagles, what kind of team are they? Are they, they just feast on the NFC East? And then they also had a terrible strength of schedule. Uh, so that's going to change this year now that they made the playoffs, stuff like that. So we'll have to see. And then, uh, of course, the Niners beating the Cowboys 23-17. Wild game. And, of course, the uh, biggest news from the game, the biggest moment from the game that everyone's talking about, of course, is the Cowboys running the QB draw. Uh, which led to them not being able to get set back at the line quick enough to run one more play, and they ran out of time. Uh, a lot of criticism lobbed towards the play calls uh, for that. And in general, even though Mike McCarthy's not going to feel any heat, apparently his job is safe. Um, everybody else watching that game says, man, uh, there was some bad play calling, not only uh, this game, but for a lot of the year when they needed to get their ball, get the ball to their star players, they weren't able to do so. I, I don't disagree with the call at the end. Uh, and they even said it on the post game and stuff like that, that when you're looking at Dak Prescott, he ran, but I think it, was, it might have been, who was it? Uh, it was Tony Romo that they said, you have to run 12 to 12 to 13 yards and get down so you can, so you can, uh, <laughs> you know, snap the ball again and try to spike it and then yeah. get your chance to uh, give yourself a chance because I think they were on like the 40 yard line or something like that. And he ran like 15, 20 yards or whatever down the field. But it's kind of hard in the moment. I will give him credit that it's kind of hard in the moment to say, no one's around me. I guess I got to slide now. Uh, right, you know, right. it's kind of weird. But, you know, it, it, it was, uh, I think, more of a Niners beat down to the Cowboys than the score indicates because the Niners were just running the ball very efficiently. They were, I mean, Jimmy G was playing lights out for the most part uh, until his interception. But I just think that the weapons that the Niners have on offense kind of complement the weapons they have on defense. When you look at Nick Bosa, we'll see, have to see if he comes back for the next game. But it was a great game. It was definitely the game of the weekend. Yeah, and then last but not least, the uh, Chiefs knock out the Steelers. We talked about it at the top of the show, 42-21. Mahomes just went bonkers, 404 yards and five touchdowns. The Chiefs were a team heading in the playoffs, I thought, they were shaky at times this year. I didn't think they'd be able to pull it together for the postseason, but they did look pretty good towards the end of the year. And now coming off of this game, this might give them some momentum where Chiefs might right. end up making a run at this thing. So uh, a yeah. big win for them. Uh, uh, 
wildcard weekend, you had a mix. You had the blowouts. You had some close games. Uh, pretty, uh, as they say, wild wildcard weekend. And <laughs> we got another game tonight, of course, Rams-Cardinals. Uh, the forecast for the teams ahead, the Washington football team, of course, season done. Nothing really to talk about there. The Caps Tuesday against Winnipeg, Thursday at Boston, Saturday at home against Ottawa. Uh, Wednesday, or excuse me, the Wizards, uh, this is a big stretch for them. So they're playing Philly right now. Uh, Wednesday, they take on Brooklyn. That's a big game on Wednesday. No KD, of course, him being injured for, uh, I think, three, four weeks or maybe even longer. Friday, taking on Toronto and Sunday against Boston. All these games are at home. So it's a nice little homestand for this team. They're seemingly going to beat Philly now. If you can somehow find your way to beat Brooklyn, then you got, you know, a chance to go two, three wins this week and, yeah, and, and add and, and try to move up the standings a little bit. That would be nice if we can move out of ninth place. <laughs> We've been in ninth place for weeks. Let's hit up the final lap. 90 seconds. Some quick analysis on some bigger stories in sports. Here we go. We talked about the QB draw play, but I wanted to mention Dak Prescott's comments after the game where he praised the fans for throwing debris at the, at the refs. There was footage of fans throwing junk from the stands at the refs as they were leaving and Dak Prescott, the clown decided to praise the fans for it, Mike. I don't really like that. I need to go back and, and read about that and see the the uh, whatever it is, the, what do they call the interview or whatever because I didn't hear anything about that and that yeah. just goes to show you that Dallas sucks. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a good look at all especially because it's like, it wasn't the refs fault that you guys, because you go back and watch the play again, you've, you've seen it they needed to hand the ball to the official as quick as possible instead of handing it to their teammate. They would have possibly had it's one second to spike that ball, <laughs> and they weren't able to do it. So that's more on you than the refs. Uh, Big Ben ends his career in Pittsburgh. Any thoughts on uh, final thoughts on his legacy? He has a good legacy, obviously a Super Bowl champ and stuff like that. I think it was a two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, but it is the time to hang up the cleats a little bit. You're getting up there in age, and for a guy his size, uh, it's very hard to stay healthy. It's not going to be like Tom Brady's situation. Um, because Tom Brady is a much better thrower. But congrats to Big Ben. Great career and great uh, living legacy in Pittsburgh. Bengals coach Zach Taylor delivered game ball to fans at a bar. Will we ever see this in the Washington, uh, D.C.? Do you think uh, if, the, if the Washington football team wins a playoff game, we'll have uh, Riverboat Ron walk into, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the big bars are downtown, but <laughs> walk in some, some bar and hand the, fan, the, the fans a game ball? Well, that's the difference, though, is that depending on where the new stadium is, I don't think he's going to go all the way into D.C. <laughs> right, for a playoff true. win. Drive Especially from Landover downtown is not, not going to really work, I don't think. Yeah, not, not, not to mention that if he lives in Ashburn, he's probably going to be going to Bonefish or something down the street. Yeah, go to Bonefish, <laughs> bar, grill, hand off the game football. The guy's going to be like, what game? Oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that's the thing is if, if, if your stadium's relatively close to the city, you can have these sorts of moments, I guess, but not when you're playing in Landover. And last <laughs> but not least, the Rams and the car tonight i do have uh i won't tell you my bet yet until we get to the money line but Ooh. uh the last of the wild card weekend rams cards tonight what what should the people look out for tonight uh honestly when you're looking at the rams and cardinals game it's going to be tough because the rams defense is so good apparently they they took eric weddle the former uh raven and what else who else did he paid the chargers I, think, I believe as well Eric yeah. Weddle out of retirement because they needed they wanted to say we're going all in for the Super Bowl title uh, this year with Matt Stafford. So I don't know. I think I think the Rams take this one. D Hop is not in for the Cardinals, so that's going to be a huge detriment for them. 
I think Zach Ertz gets 10 plus targets uh, because I think they're going to be behind and they're going to be tossing the rock around left and right. So I think Zach Ertz is going to have a really big game. But take the a look at some Ertz prop bets for sure. Yep. Look at some of the props. For, I know Mike's been on it uh, for Zach Ertz. So I'm, uh, <laughs> that's definitely a place to look. Uh, let's do a little trivia here before we do our money line bets. Uh, all right. Uh, if, as by the way, if this is your first time listening to the show, Mike gives a, a DC sports trivia, and I give a Detroit sports trivia because I have the same game as Mike, and I like to throw a Detroit sports question his way. Uh, he for for Mike, there's really no legacy or on the line or anything like that with these. For me, I'm doing a DC sports podcast. I should get a lot of these <laughs> right. Uh, I'd say I probably have gotten more right than wrong. No, that's, I would that's, say I would say so. I'd say. Yeah. Um, why don't you go first this time, Michael? Alrighty, sounds good. All right, so uh, I'm gonna have to adjust this question a little bit because I think you would easily get it. If yeah, I said you know, adjust the question. That's fine. Okay, in the mid 2010s. Okay. I'm trying to adjust the question. By the way, Wizards <laughs> win 120-102. Shout out to them. Nice, nice. In the mid 2010s, what Nats player led the National League by striking out 189 times? Ooh. Ooh, are you saying that because 189? Or are you just saying just just breathing? Uh, that's just that, that <laughs> seems like a large number. That seems like a large number. Who would I adjust have, this a lot. <laughs> who would have led the league in strikeouts for the Nats? And you didn't give me a year. You said 2010s. Ah, uh, okay. There's a couple guys that come to mind because here's the thing. I feel like with Bryce Harper, there the strikeout numbers tended to be high at times. Also um, batted in the third spot, so we got a lot of bats. Yeah, so I would say he's definitely up there as a possibility. Um, I don't think he would go all the way back to, like, Danny Espinosa, who also definitely struck out a lot, or an Ian Desmond. I feel like this is post to those guys. I feel like Harper's probably where I'm most leaning. That's who I came to mind immediately when you're talking about a lot of strikeouts. But I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong and it's one of those other two. But I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out. I'll, I'll say Bryce Harper for mine. Danny Espinosa. It was Danny Espinosa. Okay. I thought yeah. I thought there was a chance. I wanted to throw it out there so I could still look smart. But, yeah, Danny Espinosa. Wow. Okay. Here's the real question. In 2012, what okay. Nats middle, middle No, but that was good. That was good <laughs> to get rid of it because I, I would have easily gotten that if I knew. Yeah. So yeah. that's fine. That's fine. I got that one wrong. Here's your question, Mike. Indomitian Sue was fined by the NFL for um, – I'm going to remove some information – for a Thanksgiving Day <laughs> game incident in which he kicked what Texans quarterback in the groin? Oh, Matt Job. Oh, you already knew that right off the bat, huh? Well, Texans don't have a lot of quarterbacks. So. Well, I guess that's true. I'll give you one more question just for fun. With the longest surname in MLB history, what catcher retired from the Tigers in 2018 after playing for seven teams over 12 years? Longest last name in MLB history, and he's a catcher. You would know you know the name for sure. It's not like some guy you've never heard of. It's, not, it's probably a guy you haven't thought about in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Ah. <sighs> You know what the funny thing is? Is like I know this is not right, but the the, like the one name that just popped in my head is Hechevaria. Was but that's not that's not the right. It's answer. not right. It's not right. But I would say the end of that name is similar to the end of this name. Varia. Uh, maybe just the Ia part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Jared Saltalamakia. Sal oh, Saltalamakia. Remember yep. Salty? Good old Jared Salt. <laughs> 
Tillamakia. Uh, there's your longest surname in MLB history. That that was one of the ones where the jersey, surname. the name goes like yeah. a <laughs> rainbow, circle, like a half circle around the numbers. Uh, last but not least, the money line, of course, sponsored by DraftKings. I am 18 and 18. Mike is 19 and 17. Both one ahead one of me. One. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. We've got a couple weeks left before the end of this round. Mike, of course, again, won last round uh, 21, 23. I had 19 and 25 last time we did it. So uh, our locks and our dogs. My lock this week, I'm going Titans over Bengals on Saturday. I like the fact that you're likely getting Derrick Henry back. Um, I like the I, – I, I know there's a lot to love on the Cincinnati side, but I do think um, – I just like some of the experience on some of the guys on on the Titans a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to go Titans minus four, so win by a touchdown um, and on Saturday. My dog is tonight, I've been saying this for like a week, Cardinals over the Rams tonight. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm having them at least cover. It's three and a half is the line. Um, so, hey, if they don't win, at least they'll if they lose by a field goal, I still get it. Um, but I'm going to say Cardinals, the dog, three and a half against the Rams. As much as I love my guy, Matty Stafford, still hasn't won a playoff game. Uh, and so we'll see what happens tonight, Mike. That's my dog. Yeah, and that's the thing is, obviously, with both these teams, they have uh, fields that are indoors. So when they're playing right. in L.A. and SoFi, I think that's going to be a really good game because there's not going to be any conditions that's going to mess anybody up like sure. the, the Bills game and all that kind of stuff. So my lock, I think I'm going to go with an over-under. I'm going to go under 55 with Casey and Buffalo. Now, wow. thinking about how Casey just scored over 40 points against Pittsburgh. I bet Buffalo's the money's pretty good on that, going under uh, 55. Right now, because it's so early, it's still minus okay. 110 for, for, for both uh, numbers. So the over or under 55 is still minus 110. It'll, it'll obviously adjust once the bets are flown in. Sure. sure. Uh, but I'm just going to straight up say my lock is under 51, mainly because of the sole fact that Buffalo's defense is a lot better than than Pittsburgh's defense. They got a lot yeah. more playmakers, and um, yeah, I just think that when you're looking at KC, yes, they do have some some good weapons on the outside, this and that, whatever it may be. But Buffalo, they can run the ball as well. Devin Singletary has been playing very well, so I think they're going to run the ball, control the clock a little bit better than Pittsburgh did. Um, but also, you have to look at the conditions, like I just mentioned uh, with the game tonight. KC and Buffalo. KC was pretty cold there. I don't know exactly what the temperature was, but it was very cold in Kansas City. Buffalo was very cold as well, so you can probably expect the same conditions. So I believe that uh, this game is going to be a lower-scoring game. I don't believe it's going to be a shootout because they both scored five touchdowns, uh, Mahomes and Allen, that is, uh, at the quarterback spot. But I, I'm just going to—I have an inkling feeling. I like it. That I like it's it. going to be under 55. My dog. I'm going to go with Cincy plus four. Sure. I just don't trust right now. The word coming out of Tennessee that, oh, Derrick Henry, he'll be able to play. You know, I, I just don't trust it right now because sure. he's been out for so long. And you're looking at Juju Smith-Schuster. He was out for so long. And then all of a sudden, they're like playoffs, and he came back. And he was kind of a shell of himself for the most part, but he tried to come out there. I just think it's kind of the same situation with Derrick Henry. Because, and that's fair. That's fair. I get that. Yeah. I get that. I just think Derrick Henry, I don't think he's going to be 100%. And, you know, 100% Derrick Henry, you could definitely easily lean towards Tennessee here. I just think the number – People are taking the Derrick Henry. Oh, he's coming back as a little too seriously, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, and I, I get that as well. And I think there's uh, anytime a guy's coming off injury after being out for a long time, like, you know, it, it, it takes a very special guy to be able to put up a great performance after coming back. In my opinion, I think Derrick Henry could be that guy, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, right, all, right. all tonight. So that's fun. Mike and I p picking opposite sides here. 
the Cardinals and Rams, uh, excuse me, the Titans and Bengals game that's coming up on Saturday uh, next week. So um, as we approach the next round of the NFL playoffs, next thing you know, it's going to be Super Bowl time uh, sooner than we know it. And then we have to sit around and wait to see if these MLB players, uh, the lockout ends and all that sort of stuff. Because spring training is coming up mid-February. So I don't know what's going to happen there. We might be stuck with just hockey and and basketball for a little bit. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Besides that, if you guys have any ideas of something that Mike and I should try for episode 100, as far as a food item, a fast food item, feel free to tweet us at the DC crossover or at Cerrone 16. Uh, download the app, the Contender app, Contender with a K, to get all your content for not only us, but Chicago and uh, other DC shows and things like that. Plenty of content on the Contender app. And then for this podcast, of course, we ask you, if you don't mind, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Keep the show going. Uh, any final thoughts, Mike, before we say adieu here? on the Freddie, adieu on this uh, Monday here. Uh, Geico says drive easy. So drive easy. Drive folks. easy, people. That's that's <laughs> the word from Mike Sarone. We'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. <laughs>